Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 11, and welcome to my front porch. Uh, I used to record this podcast in a closet. So all of season one, I did in a little closet studio that I put together with pillows and uh, I have a marker board. It's a really cool little setup, but uh, it felt a little inauthentic to me. I thought, man, if I'm sitting out here on the front porch and I'm praying about these things on the front porch and I'm dealing with these passages on the front porch, I should probably record this thing on the front porch. In fact, some of you had asked, hey, if it's on your front porch, why is it so quiet? Like I never hear any noises. That was because I was in a closet and I, uh, I'm now on my front porch here and the wind sometimes interferes with it. Sometimes you get sounds from the streets. Um, But I wish you could be out here with me. I wish some of you could come and sit here with me and see all the beautiful greenery, these birds that come out and hang out. Uh, Right now, I'm recording this at night, so I'm just looking at the stars. In fact, right now, uh, to the north is the Big Dipper, and I'm looking at it right now, and it's just unbelievable. Believable. If you have not gone outside and if you've not looked at the, the Big Dipper, you're missing out. It's this it's amazing. The North Star is a part uh, a, is a part of this whole thing in the constellation. And it, it's it's so far away. And yet it's it's so eminent. It's right here. It's right next to us. We can see it. Uh, I just find that to be so amazing. All of creation is all around us and we get to enjoy it. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And uh, anyway, so you get to hear the sounds. I get to uh, welcome you to my front porch and, uh, and we get to learn some stuff together. Our passage today is Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, a fairly popular passage, uh, but one I've been thinking a lot about. Uh, And it says this, I have been crucified with Christ. This is Paul. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself uh, for me. As I was working through this passage, and I've been thinking through this passage a lot, I've been going through this devotional. uh, I'm doing two different things. I've told you about the one, which is kind of, I'm journaling through Acts, the book of Acts right now, which has been really amazing. But I recently just got this amazing uh, devotional, which is um, some of the, the church fathers from the 15th century And their reflections on sacrifice, their reflections on being crucified uh, with Christ have been so humbling, so convicting for me that this passage continues to be in my mind over the last few weeks. But uh, one of the stories I was thinking through as I was thinking about this passage is we had this dog, Chocolate Lab. 
Uh, Patty and I got it our, let's see, probably year three of marriage. Ben would have been almost one years old. And we got this dog, uh, awesome dog, uh, Chocolate Lab. His name was Hershey. And Hershey was just the most uh, amazing little puppy. It's crazy. It, it was kind of like, I heard that Labs are a little nuts for their first couple of years and then they calm down. But this dog was extraordinary. And so, uh, so extraordinary to the point that our the senior pastor at the first church I ever served at, Joe Borman, uh, he told me, I think you might want to get that dog checked out. Something's not right with that dog. And I was like, no, the dog's perfect. It's great. So we go take the dog in to get checked out, and he has hip dysplasia, which basically means they give you a couple options. So they go, look, here's the thing. Like, you're probably going to either put this dog down or you're going to replace both of the hips for a lot of money. And so I looked at my wife and I said, man, it's going to be so sad that we have to put this dog down. And she looked at me and said, no, we are not putting this dog down. We are replacing his hips. And so I had uh, come into some in, a little bit of inheritance from my grandmother. Uh, I had put aside some money for a Jeep. I was really excited about it. And she said, yeah, we'll just use that money. I said, no, we won't. And she said, yes, we will. And I said, okay. So uh, we fixed this dog's hips, both hips, two hip replacements. Crazy. I know. Uh, I thought the same thing you're thinking, some of you. Some of you are like, oh, that's so sweet. Uh, I was thinking probably not that. I was like, wow, we just spent a lot of money to fix this dog's hip. Here's what happened with this dog. <clears throat> this dog was the most amazing dog. I, I, I can't even comprehend. A part of the family just unbelievably protective uh, of our family, of my wife. I mean, really, really incredible. And uh, so the dog, I think, was right around, Hershey was right around 10 years old, and he really started to fade. His hips started getting really, really bad. Um, I used to have to carry him up the stairs. Uh, and I did that for about a year. And I looked at Patty, and I was like, something's just not right. We should just go and get him checked out. We take him to the vet and the vet basically says, Hey, listen, it's really close. Um, it's really close. So we go home. We're like, what are we going to do, man? We love this dog. It's part of our family. What are we going to do? And this dog's so sweet and he just lays around, but you can tell he's in a lot of pain. So we're like, I think we have to put him down. And so, uh, in the midst of all of this, our son Cooper gets diagnosed with leukemia at, at age eight. So we're just, again, like we're going to have to put it on our dog. Our son just got diagnosed with leukemia. What are we going to do? And so we bring our son home. I, I, I can't explain to you what happened in this dog. He turned into a puppy. Like, he turned into a puppy all over again. He used to run. He, he would run up and down the stairs. He would lay next to Cooper wherever he was. And I was looking at this dog going, like, what is going on? And, and after a year of just sticking by our family's side, um, he eventually faded and we did have to put him down. But I, I can't help but think, and I, I don't understand how dogs work, and I don't understand completely um, why God allows us to call them pets and things like that. Like they're animals, they're wild animals, but they're, they're like parts of our family. And for Hershey, all I could see was him sacrificing that pain. Uh, for our family. I watched him do it over and over and over again. And, and I was really mind blown. And, and so I thought it started thinking about this, this passage in the context of sacrifice in the, in the idea of us putting, uh, putting others 
putting a, a, a calling in front of our comfort. And, and uh, this passage gets to the core of what it actually means to be a Christian. Here's this, this is why I love this passage. It is at the core of what it means to, to, to be a Christian. It's this, that we get blessing. We get blessing through death. And you're like, no, 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 that doesn't make sense. Don't stop talking. I don't like this. It, 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 made me, it makes me uncomfortable. Here's the thing. Paul's saying, I figured something out. And it's liberating. It's liberating that I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. He's being liberated. I'm giving something up. And this is what the Christian life is all about. Paul is saying this. I no longer live to my ways. I no longer live to my will. I no longer live to my plans. I no longer live to my desire. I submit them all to Christ who lives in me. What a beautiful death. What a beautiful thing to saying. This is not about me. It's about Christ in me. And I have to crucify my will. All those plans, all those desires, not that they're wrong, but they're not as important as knowing Jesus. Think about that for a moment. This is not about what you get from God. So many of us, I was like, if we treat God like a genie in a bottle, what are you going to do for me? This is what Paul is reframing for us. No, 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 no. It's about what you are willing to give up. Pause for a moment. Think about that. That is an important thought. The Christian life is not about what you get from God. He's already given so much. It's about what you are willing to give up for the glory of God. Yet you crucify yourselves. But, but so often we get into these selfish cycles, right? Don't we? We really struggle with this. We get into these selfish cycles. But, but, what, about, but what about me, God? What, but what about my plans? But what about my dreams? But what about these things, right? We have this free will inside of us, which is this amazing gift from God that he does not micromanage us, right? It's a gift from him that we are not robots, But so often we get caught up into these selfish cycles. If you think about the way you pray, about the way you talk to other people and just step back from your conversations, what Will realizes this most often we're talking about what we feel like we deserve, what we should get in this world. And this passage is like, you have to die to this. I I can't help but talk about my time in India. And uh, over the last 11, 12 years, you know, I, I, this last trip, it was a, a year ago, I met with this pastor in India. Um, and we were interviewing him, and I, I asked him, why? Why would you take on the life of a pastor, a life of poverty, you know, literally a life of poverty, a life of sacrifice? Why would you do that? Why? And he said this, Jesus loves me, and that's why I'm willing to give up everything. Oh, do you know how convicting that was for me? 
Do you know how that convicting that is should should be for all of us? He's going, I just want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. The same love that has been given to me, I just want to give that to my community, to my village, and I'll pay whatever cost. Well, how beautiful. But so often we get caught in these selfish, selfish cycles that we miss out what, it, what God really has for us. Why is this guy going, I'll give up everything? Because what he really understands and what you and I really under, need to understand is this. He loves us. He loves us. And, and he's calling us to live this life, to, to give it all up for him. He's like, when you give it all up for me, you will actually find life. This is the blessing of the cross. What Paul is saying is, don't you see how beautiful the death of Jesus is? Sit back for a minute and reflect on Good Friday. Reflect on it. Reflect on the death of Jesus and think about what he's done for you. Think about this sinless savior who hangs on a cross and he says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He has a criminal on a cross who deserves to be there. And the guy says, hey, like, I, I believe you're the Messiah. And Jesus says, welcome into heaven. I'll see you there. Think how beautiful that is. We don't deserve deserve it, but he lays down his life for us. And what Jesus says to you and I and what Paul is saying to us is this. Go die the same death and you will find life. Not necessarily a physical death. For some of you, that may be the case. But for most of us, it's this dying to our will, dying to this desire, dying to what we feel like we need to get, what needs to happen in this world. And it's going, no, 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 it's not about me. I need to lay all that down. I need to die to that and take on Christ. All the sacrifice that he's giving to me, I need to take on Christ. Because what we see with Jesus is that Jesus releases his will to the Father in order that all may have life in the Father. He lays his life down so that we can have life and relationship with the Father. We are given the beautiful opportunity to live this out daily in everything we do. Think how, uh, think what an amazing commission that is. You get to crucify yourself every single day in the same way that Jesus did for the benefit of others to see the glory of God to see the sacrifice of Jesus in the way you act, in the way you live, that this life is not about you. And here's what happens inside of us. This is about liberation. This is, this life is not about you. Oh, just think about this. This life is not about you. Say it out loud. This life is not about me. Say it right now. This life is not about me. It is not about my plans. It is not about my ways. It is not about me. It is about Jesus. What we really need to confess out loud is I need to crucify that thing because I am putting it in the place of Jesus.
and putting it in the place of others and others coming to know what a beautiful gift it is to live this crucifixion life out amongst this world. So they go, tell me about this Jesus. And what happens is you get to just live freely in Christ, live it out. So when we die, we will finally have life and life to the full. When we crucify ourselves, crucify our plans, crucify our desires, we will finally have life and life to the full, which is what he wants for us. So what needs to die in you so you can really find life? Some of us have so many, we got control issues. We got our hands wrapped around everything. He's like, let it go. Let it go for my glory. Let it go so that other people can see me. So may God give us strength to die in order that we may embrace all of God's goodness. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers.